Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in once again to Dead End Sports, the place where sports opinions collide. I'm your host, 12 Kyle. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about this past weekend's NFL playoffs. We're also going to preview this weekend's championship games, the battle between Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, as well as the battle between the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks, who are meeting for the third time for a right to go to the Super Bowl. We're also going to talk about the Alex Rodriguez scandal that has rocked Major League Baseball. Also going to get in some NBA talk, as well as college coaches that are on the move. Of course, I'm going to be joined by my co-hosts. You know them from Dead End Hip Hop, Beezy, Ken, and FIFO. So make sure that you pass the word about the best show on the internet right now, Dead End Sports, the place where sports opinions collide. So without further ado, let's get the show cracking. I'm about to start rapping the whole Ten Crack Commanders in a second. <laughs> hey, B. What up? <laughs> I mean, I keep hearing this instrumental for so long. I'm about, I'm about to just go in in a second. It's about to go, B. About to hot 16. Go ahead, B. About to drop hot 16 in a second if I don't hear Kyle's voice. <laughs> Yeah. 
Okay. Here, okay, here we go. I don't know you guys, bro. <laughs> You're listening live to Dead End Sports. I'm your host, Bill Kyle. This is, this is Dead End Sports. I apologize for the audio. I'm sitting here looking at the board, and I'm like, okay, why can I hear them, but they can't hear me? And I realized that I muted myself. Damn, my oh, bad. My <laughs> I mean, I was about to set some fire, man. I was about to go. <laughs> Six, four, six. Four seven eight zero three five six. Once again, I am your host, Twelve Kyle. Uh, this is Dead End Sports. Uh, we got a lot of sports to cover. I, of course, the voices you uh, you hear besides mine are uh, my esteemed co-hosts. You know from Dead End Hip Hop, bringing in the fellas, uh, uh, B, Ken, and FIFO. Fellas, what's going on, man? What's up? What's up? What's good, man? Man, okay. I, got, I guess I gotta find my. I said we we're gonna find each other for for uh, <laughs> for having the phones muted. I've ne- I've never done. I've done this on my show before, but never on this show before. I actually muted my own damn self. Oh man. Um, yeah, a lot of sports to talk about, man. A lot of stuff happened. We're gonna get some NFL talk. Uh, we're gonna get some uh, baseball talk. Get some NBA talk in as well. Uh, as well as whatever, whatever anybody out there, whatever you're listening to, whatever you want to talk about, give us a call, uh, 646-478-0356. Uh, the chat room is always open and interactive. Get in there, create a profile for, profile for yourself, and, um, and jump in and talk with, with the fellas. Um, I guess let's start this past weekend, man, in divisional round. Uh, you had four games, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. Man, <laughs> crazy, crazy games. Um, a lot of drama, a lot of, uh, you know, trash talking, a lot of hitting, a lot of hard hitting, uh, a lot of stuff that happened in these games, uh, good play, bad play. Um, Ken, I'll start with you, man. What stood out with you? What stood out for you this past weekend in the divisional round? Um, John Fox, man, I, I, I think he, um, he had a uh, – when I thought about the game after it was over – um, I, I, I kind of realized what he was doing. He was basically trying to keep Phillip Rivers off the field. Mm-hmm. He used the, the San Diego's Chargers um, game plan against them, and, and they were effective running the ball, converting third downs. Uh, the crowd was obviously a factor, inducing a lot of you know uh, encroachment penalties. But but they just really controlled the clock and managed the clock and put points on the board. Uh, when they needed to put points on the board, a lot of um, points were left off the board by mistakes. But I, I can also argue that if you want to look at Julian Thomas, if you want to take him as an example. If you look at the fumble that he had in the first half of the game, when you look at the second half when he made that big play, what was the one thing he was doing? He made sure he had that ball all the way to the ground. So right. That was a bit of an in-game learning experience, you can you can say. You know, that came back to kind of help him in that key situation where they needed to convert. But uh, and, and and the defense just held tight, and they they kept them within the game. But more more than anything, they show um, they show some resolve, and they show that they have the will to win. And Fox showed that when he needed a play, he was going to put it in Peyton Manning's hands. Right. This year, whereas last year he did not. Yeah, that's true. I, th- I think um, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. I think they really he almost kind of outcoached himself because you you're right. He was really trying to keep that ball out of Peyton Manning's hand. I mean, excuse me, out of Philip Rivers' hands. And in essence, you know, it was still it was looking like at one point in time it looked like that idea was backfiring on him. And yep. you know, we were sitting there like, okay, 
you know, if you don't do something quick, <laughs> you know, you're going to let San Diego back in this game. You know, because they, they fought back, and you got to give you got to tip your hat to San Diego because they didn't quit when they had every reason to quit, you know, being on the road, being down. Um, but they showed, like you said, a lot of resolve just by even fighting back. So um, I, I, I totally agree with you on that. Um, B, what, what stood out to you this past weekend in the, on the, uh, in the divisional round? Uh, if you want to beat someone like, you know, Tom Brady, you cannot turn over the ball. I mean, Andrew Luck, you can't throw the interceptions in the postseason like this if you want to beat, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks to play this game. I mean, I didn't, I thought, I kind of thought it was going to be a better game. I, I knew Page was going to win, but I, I thought the coach was going to put up a, a better fight. But, yeah, Andrew Luck, man, throwing interceptions, man, after interceptions, you just you just can't do that. <laughs> Not against Tom Brady and expect to win. So that was that was one thing that stood out. I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, the Saints kind of almost crept back in there. I don't know what the hell Marquise Coastal was thinking. <laughs> you know, Mike didn't go out of bounds and try to give, uh, you know, Drew Brees a Hail Mary shot or something. I was like, what? What? Just go out of bounds. There was still like two or three seconds left when he caught the ball. Right. Just out of right. bounds. So that was like a dumb move. So that was about it. I mean, oh, yeah, and Kaepernick imitating uh, um uh, Cam Newton, Superman, little uh, celebration. I thought that was funny. But that was it. I mean, you know, Saints uh, almost crept back in, and, and you know, if you want to beat Tom Brady, you cannot intercept the ball. Throw interceptions. Throw four interceptions. I think it was four, three or four. He threw a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You you can't. I mean, turnovers uh, turnovers will kill you. Uh, what what yep. about you, FIFA? What stood out for you this past weekend in the divisional round? Um, oh. Seattle is about to lose to San Francisco. <laughs> I thought you said, hold up, before last week you said San Francisco, you said uh, Seattle was going all the way. I did, but I also said that it was going to come through the NFC. I said it was a toss-up, the yeah. 49ers or Seahawks. I, I did say that, and the problem is is the Seattle Seahawks offense. The defense, hey, they're they're the second best defense I've seen out there in the playoffs. I think San Francisco has the better defense for this reason. The linebackers of Seattle don't scare me the same way as Patrick Willis, how Bowman, how all them boys on that front line they do. You know, I think Seattle has better coverage, but Mm -hmm. but 49ers are more physical. And Seattle has peaked already and they're struggling now, and they can't get their most explosive weapon healthy. You saw it. Third oh play of the game. He was <laughs> out of there. Man, firstly, Harvin stayed on the ground, man. And you know what? And, 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 and I didn't think it needed to be – like, it's one of those bang-bang plays. I understood why they called it. But it's just so unfortunate. And then he gets out. And then, you, miraculously, he gets back from that. I, I You know, I thought he was going to have a concussion off of that and not come back in the game. But mm-hmm. then he comes back, and then he gets hit again, and his neck goes, like, into the turf. Like, I, I already know the side of the neck muscle did touch the turf. You could see it. Like, it, it was just turf all the way. And I was just like, man, like, this is just so bad for them. And they're not offensively. They're just not clicking how San Fran is clicking. San Fran mm-hmm. is clicking. And, and, and remember, we can go back to the archives. See, this is why I love being on shows now, because there's a record. And I told Ken that Kaepernick didn't have all of his weapons, and that's why he struggled against Carolina. That's why he struggled against the Colts. 
But now you see this boy, he got his plethora of weapons, and he still don't even have Mario Manningham out there. Wait a minute. Okay. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, Vipo, you are absolutely right. But how is Kaepernick winning these games? I'm not, look, I'm is, not Is he throwing the ball? Look, look, Ken. What that, that, that's, been, that's been my he, thing with Kaepernick, man. Yeah. Is he throwing the ball? The only He's the, making I, bigger plays. With his feet. So, so if your argument is that now that no, Kaepernick wait, 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 has his Ken, weapons that he can run everybody away from him so he can no, run behind him, hey, you know no, what? Ken, you got a point. Ken. No, 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 no. That is not what I'm saying. Analyze football for what it is, Ken, and what Kaepernick's strengths are. What, what, what? In terms of his arms, what's his biggest strength? His legs. You know, come on, man. Come on, be for real now. Be, 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 let, let, let's be adults here. Don't be a kid. Come on, you, you're the old man of the food now. Uh, I can see we were have a good show tonight. Uh-huh. You know, you're the old man of the crew. Come on now. Look, let's analyze it for what it is. Kaepernick has a tremendous arm. Arm strength is his number mm-hmm. one strength in terms of throwing yep. the football. They throw the ball down the field. Mm-hmm. He didn't have the weapons. Bolden is not an always down the field type of guy. When you get him yeah. on one on one certain situations, blow coverage, boom boom, he's gonna yeah, he's get not gonna play. Bolden's not gonna blow past nobody. Is he's he not the, gonna blow past is, How accurate and, is he? Is he the best thrower with that arm? It, it, you know, it, it, look. If, if, no, if no, you can't, can have a can't. cannon all day, but if that if if that cannon can't move around and 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 hit his target, what's the point of having it? But here's to the scare thing, somebody okay. that you may hit them. Ken, here's the thing. I I think I'm remembering this stat. I was looking for it. I cannot find it. But I think since like week seven ish, eight ish, Kaepernick with with. He's completed 64% of his passes of 15 okay. or 20 yards or more since, like, like since midweek. You see what I'm saying? So he's been trending up at the right time, and he got all his weapons back right now. I'm not saying that he's a great thrower, an effective thrower like Peyton Manning. No, he needs his legs. But guess what? He can also beat you with his arm because he doesn't need to complete as many. He'll just get the big shots because he'll move the block with his legs. Frank Gore moved the rock with his leg. And now, are we talking longevity? Or are we talking a, a threat right now in the playoffs? Of course, longevity, we don't know what Kaepernick is going to be because he can suffer the same thing RG3 is going through right now. That's what every mobile quarterback, especially ones like him that break off long runs, how long is he going to be healthy? But we are talking right now, and that is hard as hell to defend, and he has the best, most physical defense in the NFL. They're going to win. All my only the only thing I've said about Colin Kaepernick is he doesn't scare me as much as a thrower as he does as, as a runner. To me, he is more of a legit threat, and he did the bulk of his damage in the playoffs last year doing what he is doing now, running with the ball. Okay. When they try to turn him into a pocket passer, not saying that he can't do that, but when he does that, I, to me, that limits him. He's less effective. And that's cool. Because he's not that and accurate. Cool. And, and you know what? We're, we're, we're really one-sided. Let's, let's, let's really talk about the Seahawks, though. Because if Russell Wilson is going to go 9 for 18 for 103 yards against San Fran, they're not winning. Nah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. That's not going to happen. Not for them to win. 
not for them to win. So we could talk about Kaepernick and all that. Okay, whatever. He's going to play a great, a great defense as well. All I'm saying is I take my odds with San Francisco's offense versus Seattle's offense against San Francisco's defense. That's where my odds are going. So I'm putting my money on Kaepernick, dog. I'm putting my money on that offense. Okay, okay. FIFO's, we, we hadn't even gotten to the prediction, but FIFO's already calling, <laughs> he's already calling San Francisco. Um, let me let me throw my little thing in. I think one thing that stood out to me, man, I was very surprised at how well and how much uh, New England ran the ball. I mean, New England just lined up and they just they ran, ran it down their throat. I mean, yes, down, I mean, like it, it, it almost looked like it was like 1985 or something. I mean, like they just literally. And, and you're, you're talking about Tom Brady, who arguably is you know one of the probably top 10, top five all-time greatest quarterbacks of all time. So to have him just, you know, be content with just turning around, handing the ball off, I mean, he made, he, he, he did make the throws that he needed to make. Uh, Edelman got loose a couple of times, um, and, and, uh, and and the other receiver, I can't remember his name. So he did, he did complete some passes, but, you know, it wasn't the typical Tom Brady throw for 400 yards, you know, they rushed for 50. You know, I mean, like, they really, it was a heavy dosage of Ridley and uh, Blunt. And, uh, you know, obviously you see Blunt break that long one, the 72-yarder, at the, uh, at the which was the the inevitable, back, the inevitable backbreaker for them. Um, but, yeah, that that stood out to me. I'd never, I've never seen, I don't think I've ever seen New England run the ball like that since Brady and Belichick have been together. Um, it just really reminded me of 80s. I mean, it was just, you know, Outside of third and long, they were running the ball, and they and they really didn't disguise it. They let you know let Indianapolis know, hey, we're coming right at you. Uh, you know, goes back to what B said. You know, Luck kind of shot himself in the foot by that early turnover, and then subsequently turning the ball over again because that gives you you know it gave them more possessions. But um, that stood out to me, man. Just the, their ability to run the ball at at, at ease, really, um, relatively easy. Um, I think um, as far as the Carolina uh, San Francisco game, what stood out to me was um, I don't think I think Cam Newton played a decent game. I don't think he played his best game, um, but they Carolina usually runs the ball pretty well. They they really didn't they really didn't run the ball that well, and I think they they started off throwing the ball and they did you know had a, they were having some early success throwing the ball, but then they kind of got away from it. Um, and uh, I think, but I think what kind of did Carolina in was that goal line stand. That goal line stand, and I think Ken and I we tweeted about it. You know, it's fourth and one. You got a six foot six, two hundred fifty pound quarterback. I mean, everybody in the stadium knew they were running a quarterback sneak. I don't think that the quarterback yeah. sneak at that particular play at that particular point. I think you have to you kind of you know give him an option or something. Get him you know roll him out to the sideline. Give him a run option, pass option, something like that. But you know, at that point, I think everybody knew the quarterback sneak was coming. And then I think the next time they got in the red zone, they had to settle for a field goal. Um, you know, against a team like the 49ers, you got it. When you get inside the red zone, you got to score touchdowns. You, you can't afford to get field goals because you know eventually they're going to click. Now, I will, I will agree with Ken. I'm still not sold on Kaepernick's the Kaepernick's ability to. Not that he, I guess let me put it together. It's not that he can't throw the ball. He can throw the ball. He has a cannon. 
but to be accurate and make and and make the passes that he needs to make from the pocket at some point in time in this game coming up Sunday or if they win Sunday the Super Bowl he's going to have to make those throws and I don't know if he can or not against a good defense now he, we saw him do it against Green Bay but I mean hell me and you could probably throw passes against Green Bay um but I think that's going to be the key for me uh, is to see how he how well he does, um, and not to defend Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson didn't necessarily statistically play a great game. Uh, he made that great throw at the end of the game, but with the weather conditions as bad as they were, I mean, if you look at his numbers, you look at Philip. Uh, I'm excuse me, um, Drew Brees' numbers. Both of them had bad numbers. I think Brees might have thrown for 150 yards, and I think a lot of that had to do with the weather. Uh, I'm not sure what the weather's going to be like this weekend, but, I mean, it's Seattle, man. You, you you never know. We saw how it was. It was sunny at one point in time, and then it was raining, and then you had, you know, sunny, sun again. So it just it just really depends. Um, but those are the things that stood out to me. I think Kaepernick is going to have to, um, you know, having Crabtree back helps, uh, but it's going to be difficult. It, it's, it's, it's really going to be difficult for them to put up points, and I think it's going to be a smash-mouth game. Um, as far as uh, the Denver game, what stood out to me was uh, I think San Diego kind of I don't know I think San Diego kind of choked a little bit. I, I think they they got caught up in the moment, and I think they could have if they really focused, they could have played a better game. Um, but I mean they they were kind of playing with house money because they weren't supposed to be there anyway. So um, those are some of the things that stood out to me uh, this past weekend in the div- divisional round. Uh, the phone number to call in area code six four six. Four seven eight zero three five six. This is Dead End Sports. You got Ken, FIFO, B, and I'm your host, Twelve Kyle. We're on the line, kicking it until eleven p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, give us a call six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Now, conversely, let's go ahead and look at previewing this weekend's upcoming game. Um, let's start with uh, uh, the Denver, the first game, which is going to be. I'm sorry, yeah, Denver. And uh, Denver and, and New England, Brady versus Manning. Um, who's the pre- who, who would you say has more pressure? Be who, who would you say has more pressure to win this, Manning or Brady? Who are you asking me? Yeah, B. Oh, oh my bad. Uh, yeah, I think I think Manning. I think Manning has more pressure because he has more weapons, and you know him having that phenomenal regular season that he's had. You know putting off, you know, both the touchdown records and the passing yards records in the season. And then, you know, like I said, he got Welker. He got Decker. He has, you know, a top, both of the Thomas, you know, the tight end and the other right-out receiver. And then he got the good running game with Bell and uh, Noshawn Marino. And, and, you know, Brady, you know, we know what one tight end went, what happened to him in the offseason. He got <laughs> right. the other one with the, you know, with the injury. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if their running game is going to be that effective. We, you know, we, we'll see. I mean, Blunt. Blunt and uh, Ridley and Green, they look they look well. They looked at nice last this past weekend. So don't not sure if it's gonna duplicate the same way. But yeah, I think the pressure is on Manning though, easily. I think, hands down. I mean, Brady I mean, Brady's going in as the underdog, you know, like I said, because he don't have his weapon. So but, you know, you do got the good coaching in Belichick and everything, but I, I think the pressure's on Manning. It has to be on Manning. Because if he 'cause if he don't if he don't win this game you know, then of course they're gonna be looking. Hey, you know, man is usual man. He's not gonna step right, up and win right, the big right. game again. So the pressure's on Manning. 
What about you, FIFA? What, who, who's the pressure on? I think uh, the pressure is on Manning, uh, mainly because Manning hasn't been w- as wildly successful during the playoffs as he has been during the regular season. He is at home. Uh, he does have weapons, you know, a lot of weapons. And, you know, he's supposed to win. You threw for the most yards in NFL history. You threw for the most touchdowns in NFL history. In the season, yeah. yeah. You, you should win the game. Like, you know, that, that, that you should win the game. It, it doesn't matter who you're playing. You should win the game. Okay. What about you, Ken? Who, who has the pressure? Uh, it's Peyton Manning, and it's, it's simply because Chris Harris is now out of the game, so now he has to really win the game um, offensively because they just lost a big, 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 big yeah, weapon. Yeah, corner. Yeah, on defense, the ninth-ranked corner in the NFL, you know, and now he's, he's, he's lost for the rest of the playoffs. So, yeah, the, press, the pressure is on him. I mean, he's 2-1 and one against him, but the one time he did win, I want to say they won the Super Bowl, and um, so I, 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 you know, correct me if I'm wrong on that, but um, you know, but yeah, man, I mean, you know, it's a it's a historical year for him. Everybody's looking at it as being his year, and and um, you know, like FIFO said, and and even being him, you know, he has all of the weapons. He he shouldn't lose this game. And might I point out that 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 the Patriots they're they're just as hurt. You know, they don't have Wilfork, and, and they're losing some guys on defense right. and offense. Like, yep. you should mop the floor with these guys. You should. <laughs> should. That's why they play the games. That's why they yeah, play the games. Yeah, that's true, man. That's true. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I agree with everybody. I think the pressure definitely falls on Manning. Um, you know, there's even talk about, you know, he, he this could be it for him because it's, you know, whether or not he plays next year is going to be based on the physical, this physical that he has after the season. If his you know, surgically repaired neck is not, you know, up to par. He could actually shut it down, win or lose, whether or not he wins the Super Bowl or not. Um, definitely think – I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to come down to a field goal. Um, I think uh, – and, and we'll get into the predictions in a second. Uh, but I was just curious because I know everybody – people talk about pressure. And, and Manning, obviously, is somebody who has – Deflected that from the moment that that game ended on you know Sunday that he you know he was just kind of talking about because he, he, he knew the questions were going to be coming about him and Brady, um, but uh, but yeah I, I think the pressure is definitely on him to get it done uh, particularly against uh, particularly against Brady. Um, now B mentioned earlier uh, Colin Kaepernick um, when he scored touchdown on Sunday. He did Cam Newton's Superman celebration. Now, we've seen guys do stuff like this before. I remember a few years ago, um, the uh, what's the guy's name? Sean Merriman, um, the linebacker, used to play for San Diego. He used to have the lights out dance. And um, mm-hmm. I think somebody had mm-hmm. – somebody. I think they were playing the Jets, and the Jets were mimicking him, and, and LaDainian Tomlinson was upset about it after the game. This was in a playoff game. They were mimicking his – Celebration. So, you know, everybody, you know, guys have that little celebration and, and things of that nature. And, you know, Cam's got the little Superman thing. So I, I'll, I'll ask you, Ken, what do you think of Kaepernick mocking that? Was was he out of bounds? Was he out of pocket? And, and if you're Newton, would you take that as disrespect? Well, if he is, he now's not the time. He should have taken it as disrespect <laughs> the moment he crossed that goal line and did it. Uh, and, you know, so, nah, man, that, that you know, nah. I mean, win the game. <laughs> that That's what it comes down to. You know, it's going to happen. 
people will take shots at you if you do something. Right. That's just that's just it's all about competition, man. You know, to quote uh Spolstra embrace the competition. And um and he didn't and and it, you know, it, it it got to him, I think, because now he's like, Oh man, this this, this guy's sitting here doing all this stuff in in my hometown and now I gotta show and prove and he kinda wilted after that. So um nah man, nah, kid cat you know, he can do that if he wants to, you know. It's within his right. Okay, okay, okay. What about you, B? Uh, what's your take on it? Was he was he wrong? Was he was he okay? Was he out of pocket for it? No, he wasn't wrong. I mean, hey, you know, Cam Newton, you do your celebration all the time. So, I mean, T.O. he mimicked uh, Ray Lewis when he got a touchdown. <laughs> you know, dance. You know, so I mean, hey, if you put yourself out there, you don't expect for people to imitate you or clown your your certain celebrations or whatever. It's like, well, hey, you know, if you want, if you don't like it. And don't stop me from getting in this end zone, so I won't do those celebrations. I, you know, I don't think it was out of pocket. It was hilarious, okay. I thought. Okay, what about you, FIFO? Man, you supposed to do that. <laughs> you know, like, I'm just saying, like, see, yeah. So you think if Cam would have scored, he would have kissed his, you mean he would have kissed his bicep like Kaepernick? I bet you he will. Hey. Not, I bet you he will next time. Next play. Yeah. It, oh, yeah, I do. Oh, he definitely game. will. Yeah, so, you know, I, I think it's gamesmanship. You know, the gamesmanship in the NFL is different than, let's say, the NBA. Like, you know, right. nobody, you know, I don't think nobody's going to do LeBron's move, you know, you know the, the, the the push down, you know, do the yeah. thing. You know, I, I don't Karan Butler, when they used to go at it with the Wizards in Cleveland, Karan Butler imitated his little, tossed the little thing in the air or whatever. He did. Karan Butler did that a plenty of times. So, yeah, I don't see. I could just don't want to imitate LeBron James. Yeah, so, you know, all right, it is what it is. You know, yeah, man, it's, just, it's, just, it's gamesmanship. That's all. That's all. He's supposed to do that. I came in here. I know we're going to win. Superman, you could go home today. Right. Did you did you guys see the uh, the post-game um Interview with them. Um, no, I missed and it. When did they he, asked did him he address about the it? Questions. Yeah, they asked him about, you know, they asked him uh, what he thought about Colin mocking him. And um, he kind of gave, you know, the, the standard, basic, default, cliche answer. But, man, he said he could only get out one or two sentences, and he turned around and walked off the podium, walked wow. away from the podium. He looked like he was about to cry. Wow! <laughs> I know I missed that man, I, and I wanted to see his presser. I, I saw, I saw the little clip where they asked Kaepernick about it. He said, you know, he said I was just giving a shout out like that, and he was like, was it directed at anyone in particular? He just Kaepernick just kind of smiled. He's like, you know what time it is? Something like he said something slick, but I mean we all mm-hmm. knew what it was. But you know, in fact that he did it there in Carolina. I mean, I, it's it's I much like FIFA. I, I, it's gamesmanship and. If you have a move or have a little celebration or whatever, you have to know that guys are going to, especially if you do it a lot, guys are going to do it to you when they get a chance. Right. So, yeah. You know, I yeah, I mean, I, I, I've seen people, <laughs> I've seen teams come in here to the Georgia Dome and do the Dirty Bird, and, and we ain't done the Dirty Bird in years. You know, so it's, um you know, but I guess, and, and actually I've seen Cam do the Dirty Bird in the Georgia Dome. So uh, he grew up a Falcons fan. So, um, you know, it, it, like you said, it's gamesmanship. I don't think anybody I, – I would like to think that 
you know, that they didn't take it personal. But trust me, if Cam Newton had led the Carolina Panthers on a game-winning drive and he runs into the he end zone, that, trust, yep, he, he would have kissed the kiss 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 <laughs> he would have definitely done it, and and like Ken said, if it if if they those two teams will probably play each other at some point in time next year on national TV. Trust me, and if it's in San Francisco, Cam is going to do the same thing. He's going to reciprocate. He had, he he won't forget about that. Trust me. Um, but I thought I thought it was I thought it was kind of cool. Just like you said, a little gamesmanship. Um, it's it's that's the NFL, that's today's NFL. It is what it is. Um, three four. Excuse me. I'm six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Again, six four six four seven eight zero three five six. You are listening to Dead End Sports. I am your host, Twelve Kyle, and this is Dead End Sports. Um, we talked about it briefly. I want to jump back into it as far as Peyton Manning. Um, like I said, this could be it for him. Uh, we all know Peyton Manning has one Super Bowl. I, I never want to say he only has one. So he he's won one Super Bowl. He's lost one. So he's been there twice. Um, statistically, when he retires, he will have almost all of the uh, important passing records. So, uh, FIFA, I ask you: If Denver loses this weekend, does that tarnish Manning's legacy? Yes. Furthermore, because I think it's tarnished already. Um, you know, I think that the level of excellence that Peyton Manning has displayed over the course of a regular season, you know, I think is unparalleled. And you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I I always thought Dan Marino was the best quarterback until I saw right. Peyton. And um, you know, for it not to translate to the playoffs is is I, I really it's kind of mind boggling. You know, I, I really don't know. When you look at the numbers, it's just he's not the same guy. I, I don't know why. And um, I, I think that this just puts another dent into it. You know, it kind of puts another check mark by Brady. Like, you know, you everybody's like, you know, Payton could be the best signal caller of all time, but I keep beating this guy. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, you know, it, 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 I just think it just puts another another big thing in the in, in the shield, man. Like it, it just, you know, I don't know. Okay, okay. What about you, B? If 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 Manning loses, you know, does this tarnish his legacy? No, I don't think it's gonna tarnish it because the fact that he already has a ring, he got a championship already. Um. Mm. They go, yeah. They're gonna, they're gonna still be, you know, they're gonna still be all in this nutsack. I mean, in in, in a nutshell version, because yeah, he, you look at Peyton Manning, he is like one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play. If not the greatest to ever play the game, and he, like I said, if he didn't have one, oh yeah, right. definitely. I think yeah, it would definitely be like, oh yeah, dude, yo, yo, legacy, you just a, a regular season two quarterback. But mm-hmm. I think the fact that he already, yeah, the fact that he already got a championship, you know, he got a ring, he proved that he won one. You know, and we we all know it's hard to get back there again. You know, once you get the right. Super Bowl, it's hard to get back. So you know, I think the fact that he got one, I don't think it's going to really just like mess it up. People going to still have him ranked in the top three greatest quarterbacks of all time, probably. So you know, mm-hmm. I don't. I think legacy wise, he's not going to do anything. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Of course, I mean, of course. you know. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, yeah, you can look at it. My thing is, okay, if you if you, I think me, we talked about this the other week. If you want to bash. You know, Peyton Manning for losing after having this, you know, record-setting season. 
why not Tom Brady when he went undefeated and lost? You know, but yeah. you know that's another conversation for another thing. But I, I, I don't think it's gonna mess up his backup like that because you know he, he can't play defense. All he can play is offense. <laughs> that's true. That's <laughs> a good point. <laughs> I agree with you. B. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, B. Funny, I agree boy. with you. I I I I agree with you that um, you know people should look at the whole perfect season and then falling short, I count that against Brady. But Brady got those rings. He has more than one. You know what I'm saying? And when you are considered the greatest, you know, because I, I, I still think, I, even if Peyton Manning loses, I, I still think he's the greatest signal caller. Right. Quarterback. He's the best to ever do it, I, I think. Even though he hasn't won the championships, but the epitome of a quarterback is him. I think Brady's done in multiple ways. I think the, the 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 symbiotic relationship he has with Belichick is has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so I, I think I th- yeah, man. So I agree. Pam Manning's gonna be a first ballot Hall of Famer. All of this, all of that. It really doesn't diminish him. But for me, and I think for fans, it, it, it kind of. It's going to sting, man. It's really going to be like, damn, Peyton? Again? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So what about you, Ken? What's your take on it? Here's the thing. I I, I agree with B. Um, Only if we let it, you know, tarnish his legacy. He's played in two Super Bowls. You know, he he lost to the Saints, which were a great team against another great quarterback. But at, at least he got one, you know. And um, so, yeah, I, I think if we allow it to tarnish his legacy, then it, it will tarnish his legacy. But the fact of the matter is, you know, this guy has done everything he's done his whole career, like FIFO said, by himself. He, he can't. Mm-hmm. Play defense, and and the, the the simple fact of the matter is this: Brady has just been in better situations than Manning has, and I think if you place Manning on those teams that Brady has been on with Bill Belichick, I think we're looking at a uh, at the at the same amount of Super Bowl rings. I, I can okay, confidently okay, say so, that. Okay, so let me ask you this, Ken. That being said, he's got his weapons. You know, Brady's got Brady's throwing the fish heads and rice, okay? If if they come in there and, and, and they pick him off two or three times and he throws for like 220 yards, you know, you're, so you're saying that that still doesn't hurt him? I'm saying this. If he has a bad game, he has an off game, that will impact him in a way because people will, eva- it, people will evaluate – the end of his career based on that game. But when I look at what happened last year, I don't blame that loss on Peyton Manning. That mm-hmm. loss was on Raheem uh, Morris. Oh, oh, no doubt. No you doubt. See, but but Peyton takes the L for that. And, course, and he gets people the win can look at the interception right. he threw in, in OT, but he never should have been in that situation. And so if if when I evaluate the situations that Peyton has been in and the games he's, he's lost and some of the circumstances in which he's lost them, sometimes you can't hold that against him when he hasn't had the best defense in the world. When And let's be frank, he hasn't had a Belichick. We don't know what Belichick 
will throw at this guy. Belichick is, let's just face facts, the guy's a beast who's been, right. excuse me, fortunate enough to have a guy like Brady because, as FIFO put it last week, he, he wasn't doing doing this in, in Cleveland. He wasn't a great Bill Belichick in Cleveland. Things changed because he's with a better organization now um, than he was when he was with Cleveland. And so, um, so no, man, I, I think it only affects his, his legacy if we allow it to. I think we should appreciate Peyton Manning for what he's done. He has one, like B said. As long as he has that one, it's enough. It's just like LeBron James. LeBron really technically needed to only win one, and he was good. You know, the more he wins, the the more he contributes to his legacy. And but um, nah, man, I, I think he'll be good. He can't stink up the joint. But if he does stink <laughs> up the joint, that's true. That's true. How is he? If he goes out and does a luck, you know, throws a pick on the first play, I, look, man, what are you doing? Like he, he look, he did it. He did it against San Diego. He mm-hmm. gifted that DB um, for San Diego or interception. He just didn't pick the ball off. Let me tell you something. If that guy picked that ball off, I don't. I don't think they win the game. So That's no, he point. has to play a perfect game, especially when you don't have your your top quarterback. This is on you, player, and he has to go out and he has to win this game from here on out. He has to win everything. It's all on him. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it tarnishes his legacy. <clears throat> excuse me, because I think his legacy is something that spans his entire career. Um, you know, you know, we look at, and I, I hate to, you know, cross sports, but I mean, if you look at somebody like Bird, and you look at how many championships Bird won, but he also lost some. I don't think that you know the fact that he, you know, especially toward the end, he couldn't beat L.A. Um, I don't think that that hurts him or anything like that. People still know he's a three-time champion, how many ever MVPs, Bird won, what have you. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't take away from Bird's greatness, and I don't think it'll take away from his greatness. Now, you know, for the modern era, no, for his, <clears throat> for him going out, he definitely needs to play well. He can't afford to go out and sink up the joint, um, you know, it, because they're going to go as far as he can take them, um, especially, like Ken said, playing against a depleted New England team. But this, this New England team is, is – they're tough, man. I, it's it's hard. It's hard to bet against Brady. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna break this down in, in even more in just a second. Right now, let's jump to the line. We got a caller waiting. Let's not keep waiting. Uh, caller from area code four hundred five. Four hundred five. You're on the line with Dead End Sports. I'm your host, Twelve Kyle. Uh, what's your name? Where you calling from? Hey, what's up, guys? It's Sean from Norman, Oklahoma. Sean, what's going on, hey, man? What's going on, man? Hey, what's up? Yeah, I've been on the show before, yeah, and I actually tweeted you guys uh, last uh, last week that I would call you, but I uh, my work. I remember that. Thanks for Thanks for calling yeah, in, man. Yeah, 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 for sure. Shout out to my Sooners, of course, for uh, winning that Sugar Bowl. It was a big game, big yeah. game. But uh, yeah, it was a good day when Alabama loses. Anyway, anyway, yeah. So I was just calling in. Uh, I was going to say that all you guys have some great points about uh, the whole Peyton Manning thing. But in my opinion, personally, I can't see his legacy being tarnished in any way just because, I mean, like like you guys said, I mean, like, he won a Super Bowl. Let's not, like, undermine how insane that is. Yeah. Right? Like, he won That's a hard. Super That's Bowl, tough. like, still. And, like, if you're talking about, like, just your tip, like, not typical, but, like, X's and O's, knows the field, can think like a perfect quarterback and executes almost perfectly, Peyton Manning is easily top five all time. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anyone can take that away from him. And I think, and also, 
his legacy partially is not being so good in these playoff games because, I mean, he's lost several playoff games just for no reason. And like you said, sometimes it isn't his fault. But to me, that almost kind of is part of his legacy and just who Peyton Manning is. So I don't think a loss would necessarily tarnish it. Now, obviously, they're expected to win, and I expect them to win, and I think they will. But uh, I don't think it's going to take away his legacy. And you're comparing that to a dude like Tom Brady. And if my whole thing with that always was that Tom Brady was just in a perfect system, you know. Bill Belichick is undeniably a genius when it comes to just, you know, putting in a system. And I, that's always what I've hated about the Patriots was that they just seem like this robot of a team. And they just, like, crank out wins just by being as robotic and as X's and O's as possible. And I've always hated that about them. But I think mm-hmm. in terms of, like, Tom Brady, like, I think if Peyton Manning was in that system, like like Ken said, like, he would easily have just as many rings. Okay, so you think it's more of a system? Okay. Yeah, that's okay. what I, that's what I'm thinking along so, the lines of. I'm not well, saying it is thing, a though. system. So Peyton Manning doesn't have a system. No, oh, he totally does. I'm just saying Peyton okay. Manning. And he had Tony like, Dungy for for the majority of his career, and Tony Dungy was a great coach. I think another thing for me that kind of looking at Peyton is like he only played in one Super Bowl. You know, even Baby Bro got to play in two. A lot of the greatest quarterbacks got to at least play in two. You know, Dan Marino didn't have the team to get him there, you know. But I don't know, man. Look, it's not going to tarnish him in the fact that he's still going to make the Hall of Fame. He's still going to have all the records. Of course, he's going to go down as top three in everybody's list, of course. But just look at it from a fan's perspective. What my expectations are of him. We We witnessed greatness. Year in, year out, as long as he's healthy, one chip. Like, and, and then sometimes you you lose in the first game. So I, I don't know, man. I I I I just I don't. You know, his playoff record isn't good. You know, it's it's kind of like Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders didn't even play in the Super Bowl. You know, he still yep. goes out in my book is the, is the greatest running back. You know, but that, oh, no but doubt. that still that still holds him back somewhat. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, man. This is my personal opinion. Yeah, I'm just, I, and I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying, because you said, like, he's, like, like you said, he's lost those playoff games like that. And I just think that's a part of who he is. I don't think that another one, another loss like that is going to tarnish, like, what he already has. You know, it's not good necessarily. And I know a lot of people see Peyton Manning to be a perfect sort of quarterback. And that's why when we think Tarnas, like, is taken away from him. But I think losing another playoff game isn't going to take away because he's already lost so many. You know what I mean? Right. Okay, so let me – we got a, we got a couple of uh, chats going in the chat room. I want to throw this out to Sean while you're on the, on the line and, and definitely get the, the rest of the crew's uh, input on this. Um, you know, nobody really talks about Bill Belichick and Tom Brady's legacy. I mean, obviously because they're not at the end or as, as close to the end of their careers as Manny is. You know, but does Spygate, you know, have anything to do with that? Because, and the reason why I ask is because, and, and nobody never asked Bill Belichick this question, um, but they haven't won a Super Bowl since that, you know, incident happened um, <laughs> with Spygate. And I never so, thought about that. Yeah, um, my, my girl Tiff Jones in the chat room, she said, you know, it's, it's like the old football coach saying, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. So does that affect their legacy as well, particularly if they never get back? 
Ah, uh, man, I don't know. Um, not too many people talk about that too much often anymore. You know, I don't think in people's eyes that they're going to think that way, but maybe that has something to do with it, you know? I, um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's very true. I just never even, I've never heard that before, you know, that they haven't won since the Spygate thing. I think that if that were to affect their legacy, people would be talking about that. So I don't think anyone's going to think about that. And, you know, obviously, like you said, their legacy's not ending anytime soon, and they might win a couple more Super Bowls right. after a while. So, you know, we'll just see. But I don't think it will, just because no one's talking about it. And and you know what? I I agree with you, mainly based on what you the last part. No one's talking about it. And, and because no one's talking about it, that means somebody's controlling the that conversation. Um, because it is part of the conversation that seems to be left out. They haven't won since they've been back, um, since that, that situation went down. And if you ask me, I think it does slightly, it, it does tarnish the, the first three Super Bowls because I have no way of knowing what they did or didn't do. Right. What they did or did not do, how extensive it was, how far-reaching it was, you know, what what didn't they catch? You know, it's kind of like A-Rod. Like, A-Rod wasn't, you know, we have the guy, you know, talking about what he did, but he managed to pass a test. But everybody still think he's guilty. You know what I'm right. saying? So with them, it's like, I don't know what they didn't catch with them. And if you look at what the – I think the NFL is trying to bury that whole thing. They burned oh, the tape, and they swept this whole thing under the rug, and they don't want anybody to talk about it. So, um, no, it won't tarnish their reputation because no one's talking about it. But me personally, I think it does. I, you know, if they win it this year, hey, kudos to you. But I, 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 I suspect something. Definitely, definitely, definitely. You got anything else for us tonight, Sean? Oh, no, that's it, man. You guys are doing good stuff still. I'll still be following you. I'll give you a call some other time, too. And uh, I need to ask you a favor from FIFO real quick. What up? <laughs> I got to have you say Peyton Manning bumps in the whip for me. <laughs> <laughs> Peyton Manning bumps in the whip, yo. That's what's up. <laughs> okay, hey, Sean, guys. thanks for calling in, man. We appreciate it. Of course. Pass the word on the show. Will do. Steve. Phone number Sean called, area code 646-478-0356. Again, 646-478-0356. Man, that's funny. <laughs> I got to find I gotta find a way to cut that and, and like, put it in the intro. Hey, <laughs> man, it bumps in the wheel. Um, <laughs> man, I lost my place. Um yeah, man, great points made by all, man. I think um, it, it's going to be interesting to see. And and I, I heard um, I heard Peter King uh, from uh, SI dot com talking about it today. He said, and, and now you know, in fairness to to Belichick, and if if you want to say in fairness to Belichick and Brady, they did make it back to another Super Bowl since then. So you know, even though they didn't win, but and I think it, you still it's you still have to do something to get there. So. And I think Belichick arguably has done a, a phenomenal job. This could be arguably one of his best coaching jobs this year. I mean, because, you know, think about it. No Gronk, no Aaron Hernandez, you know, running game by committee. You know, you look at the backs, Ridley and Blunt, those guys were cast-offs. 
You know, so mm-hmm. I, you know Brady's done it. And like I said, he's throwing the fish heads and rice. You know, um, you know, no Welker. Uh, you know, the defense has been uh, much maligned. They lost Spikes. They lost Woolfork. And here they are, you know, one game away from the Super Bowl. And if they can win on Sunday, you know, you could he could definitely make a case for one of his best coaching jobs ever. Um, so that leads me to the next question. Patriots and Broncos, let's go ahead and break it down. Who wins and why? I'll start with you first, B. Who's going to win this game and why? Uh, Broncos and Patriots? Mm-hmm. Um, pretty, I mean, I guess kind of pretty much what I said before. I, I think, you know, just Peyton Manning just having the weapons, you know, having having that solid, having a good solid run game and, you know, no Sean Marino and Bell. And, um, you know, having both of the Thomas tight end and uh, with Julius Thomas and, De- and Demarius Thomas, you got Aaron Decker and Wells Walker. So I just think well, at the end of the, you know, at the end of the day, I think, you know, man is going to come out. It's like, it's just, it seems like this is his year, you know, to, to finally get that second rank. So, you know, I think they're going to pull it out. I think, I think he's going to be two and two against Brady after, after Sunday. Okay. 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 What about you, Ken? You, you, you went, uh, <laughs> you went two for two for the weekend. Uh, <laughs> who are you taking and why? Uh. <laughs> wow, man, this this is this is tough. Um, I, I I really 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 would like to go uh, go Broncos, man. But you know um, that that defense is suspect, and and I just. I, Belichick is in there cooking, man. He's going to have something for these guys. They're going to come out, and they may throw it every damn possession, you know, mm-hmm. and just may go totally against what they did, you know, last weekend. Let's just face facts. The Colts have been terrible against the run anyway. So right. it makes sense to run against them. Um, <sighs> losing their their top corner, Novon Miller, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm going to go Patriots, man. Okay. I, I okay. hate to say it, man, but I I just I got that feeling. You know, <laughs> and um Damn. <laughs> yeah. Killing you 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 sound like you sound like you you ain't too sure about that pick, man. I I I'll be honest, I am not sure about the pick. I, everything is just wrapped up in a bowl for Manning, man. You know, uh, uh, uh like a, a patchwork New England team. You know, and and um, home field advantage. You know, a, a powerhouse offense that can put numbers on the board seemingly at will. Yeah. It just seems like they should win this game. Yeah. But John yep. Fox in the playoffs, it bothers me. And what he did against San Diego, while I understood yeah, you didn't, you didn't like that at all. He did it. <laughs> was spazzing you on cannot Twitter. do that against the Patriots. You have to beat them down. Now, that said, I do think this could be a revenge game for the Broncos, and if they use that as motivation, and if they use the lessons they learned after that uh, collapse in uh, you know against them earlier this year. They very well should win this game, but I think they need Chris Harris, man. Jammer, Champ Bailey, yeah. Cromartie, Champ. Is Champ Bailey even playing? He's gonna mm-hmm. have to. He's gonna have Rock to. Corner. Wow. 
Okay, okay, okay. What about you, FIFO? Which way you going, man? Honestly, you know, I talked to my brother and I talked to my boy Blair today. And all three of us came to the same consensus. It's really going to come down to whoever has the ball last, mainly because the Broncos are not going to be able to stop the run game. And then, you know, Belichick, he'll mix it in with the with the play action. And, and, and let's give Josh McDaniels a lot of props. Oh, you no, know, no doubt. Coordinator no doubt. doing what he's doing, you know. Um, and and I really think this is going to come down because I don't think that the Patriots defense can stop the Broncos either. You know, uh, they're depleted as well. And I, it's really going to come down to whoever just has the ball last. If I had to pick in this scenario, yeah, I'm not going to go with the old man. I'm going to go with Peyton. <laughs> Okay, okay. So one for Peyton Manning. Okay, um, man, I'm I got I got to roll with with Ken and and I mean yeah, if I got to roll with Ken and B, man. Um, <laughs> I just I Denver's defense doesn't scare me. And like like Ken said, no Von Miller. You know the corners down. Champ Bailey is you know I, I ain't seen Champ Bailey since last year when Torrey Smith made him look like a fool. Um. <sighs> The way they ran the ball, and, and, and it goes back to something Ken said, I don't know if they ran the ball that well on the coast because the coast just don't have a great run defense or not. But they, I mean, they smacked. I mean, that was 1980. That's the football I grew up on. Like, and, and, and the thing that made that game so interesting was that New England didn't disguise anything. They just let them know, like, look, we're going to line up. We're going to run this play, and we're going to run this play, and we're going to keep running until you stop it. Um, and I mean, I, I want to see Manning get there because I, I initially picked my my preseason pick for the Super Bowl was Denver and Atlanta. Um, well, you, you know how Atlanta turned out. <laughs> so, uh, um, I, but I, I gotta go. I gotta go with. Uh, I gotta go with Brady, man. I gotta go with Brady in New England, man. I think it'll be a close game. Uh, the kicker will, you know, kick a field goal to win it. Um, hell, we might even get some overtime. Maybe get some free football. But um, yeah, I got I to go with New England, man. Got to go with New England. I, I'm sorry, Peyton. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the phone number to call in, area code 646-478-0356. You are listening to the best show on the Internet right now. This is Dead End Sports. I'm your host, 12 Kyle. Got my boys in here with me. Can't be FIFO. You know I'm from Dead End Hip Hop. Uh, make sure that you tell a friend. Pass the word on the show, man. Tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your brothers. Everybody, tune in. Check us out. We're right here every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Make sure that you check out our website, deadendsports.com. Uh, if you miss any parts of the show, because the show has been broadcast live each and every Tuesday night, make sure that you check out our archives at blogtalkradio.com backslash deadendsports. Um... So conversely, let's take it to the NFC. Uh, San Francisco 49ers, Seattle Seahawks, they are playing each other for the third time. It's hard to beat a team twice in a season. Uh, the first time they played in San Francisco, excuse me, in, um, in Seattle, Seattle beat them down. Uh, when they played them in San Francisco uh, about a month and a half ago, uh, San Francisco won, a close one. Um, B. Niners, Seahawks, 
Who wins and why? Uh, I'm going with Niners. I think just just out of, you know, what I've seen in past football seasons, Niners are just playing the best football right now. I think out of, I think out of all four of the teams, I think the 49ers are playing the best football right now. And I think with Crabtree back and, you know, if Crabtree is – if he act like he want to play some ball or act like he want to be a threat, it's gonna it's gonna open up so much for Vernon Davis and and, and um Anquan Bolden. It's gonna open up so much for them, you know. And then you know we know they have a good, or they already have a solid running game. You know, Cabernet, if he don't send them down the field and you leave a space, he's gonna run for a quick you know eleven twelve yards easily. So I just think right now, just the Forty Nineers are just playing the best football right now at the right time. You know, you, heck, if you had a bad October November. Or December, you they're playing great football at the right time, and I, and I can see them going back to the Super Bowl again. Okay, okay, okay. So B B's on on board for the Forty Niners. What about you, Fifo? Man, you already know Forty Niners, man. Them boys, you know. And, and and I wanted to come back to this point. I remember this point all the way from the beginning. You talked about the weather being a factor. Through all the wind and all the rain and all of that. Mm-hmm. What did I say Kaepernick's biggest strength was? His arm strength. No, you said his ability to run. No, his arm strength. In terms of a passer, his arm strength. Okay, yeah, yeah, you did that. The, he, if anybody can throw in that weather, I'm going to take Kaepernick's arm. Kaepernick, Cam Newton, Aaron Rodgers. You know, there's only a couple. Because Drew Brees has a great arm, but he doesn't have a cannon. And right. neither does Russell Wilson. They don't have cannon. Like, like he got a bazooka on that right shoulder, man. Mm-hmm. I think he, he can get some of the balls through that win that most quarterbacks can't. So that's also, that's also going to be a factor. I, I, I don't know. I, San Fran, to me, is just a more well-rounded team. You know, they have the, the offensive weapons that, honestly, the Seattle Seahawks don't. They really have Marshawn Lynch. You know, Golden Tate, is he better than Anquan Bolden or Crabtree? You know, when when you look personnel for personnel, in the playoffs, I don't care what sport you play, it's all about matchups. Oh, no and doubt. I, I just, no doubt. I just think 49ers match up well with Seattle secondary. And, you know, I think that the 49ers defense can control the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Okay. And okay. that's 49ers. All right. All right. Okay. What about you, Ken? Cal. people. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've, I've given this a lot of thought. And when I first realized that, uh, when I knew that this was the game we were actually going to, uh, to get, I was, I was, I was a little happy because, you know, I, I think this is what we need. We need to see these two mm-hmm. clash against each other. And um, when I was watching that game, when I when I watched New Orleans and, and Seattle play, there was one thing that I noticed over and over again. When you see a New Orleans receiver, you see a DB. Oh, no they doubt. run with you. They press you. They put their hands on you, and they run with you. When you turn, they turn. They're right there. They're your shadow. And they're holding you all the way down the field. You know why? Because they're not going to call it. They're not going to call everything. So they're, 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 they're smothering you. And I'm like, Kaepernick can't make those throws. 
to the receivers the way he would need to make them in that blanketed coverage. But what okay. he can do is he can run the hell out of that football. Oh, and no if they're playing their press coverage and they're sticking to those guys, and it's, it will be hard for them to contain him. Yeah, they're going to have a spy, but I think Kaepernick is talented, talented enough to, and, and we, we already know what Gore's going to do, but I think that he's talented enough to, to get to the edge or, or make enough plays to keep the chains moving. Um, so going back to what FIFO said and going back to my pick for, for last week and the reason why I picked the 49ers over the Panthers is, is, is talent. They, got, they, they have it on offense, and Seattle doesn't. And when I'm looking at this game and I'm looking at the quarterbacks, I like Colin better than I like Russell Westbrook. I think um, Wilson. Yeah, Russell Wilson. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and Russell Wilson, man, he he struggled. He's he's been regressing, and FIFO's absolutely right. They just have Marshawn Lynch, and if there's a defense, if there's a team in this league that can shut him down, oh, I'm looking at the 49ers to do it. So, um, so yeah, man, I, I, I will go with the 49ers. Uh, seeing that coverage against um, New Orleans, I, you know, I was like, man, I, I don't know, man. Seattle just looked like they're ready. But um, but they have the X factor, man, and, and they have the one thing that, that New Orleans didn't have, and they got a mobile quarterback who's electric. And, um, and I think that's going to be the difference. And like B said, man, at, at some point, you know, somebody's going to break, break loose. Colin, Ka- Colin Kaepernick's best throws are to people that's wide open. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dudes and dudettes, uh, we can see right now that one person on this line, one person in the Dead End Sports crew is going to be correct and will have soul bragging rights next week. Because I am taking Seattle. I'm taking okay. Seattle at home. I'm going against Ken, B, and FIFO. You guys made some great points, but here's why I'm taking Seattle. For one, the crowd noise. It's going to be un. One of my best friends went out there two years ago for a game. He said he's never been. He said he literally, his head was, his ears were ringing three hours after the game. Like, it is so loud out there. Um, so it's going to be some false starts penalties. You know, so the, the penalty, and I think, you know, and that was another thing, too, from that Carolina game that I think we saw. Um, and I, I and I don't really remember Carolina talking a lot of trash throughout the season, um, but I think San Francisco kind of got in their head a little bit. Because, um, you know, it was that was pushing and shoving and trash talking almost after every freaking play. Anquan Bowden was catching passes. He was getting up talking trash to the DBs. Of course, Steve Smith talks trash. He, Steve Smith just talks, period. Um, and obviously, he can back it up. But I think, you know, psychologically, I think they kind of got it, got you know into Carolina's head a little bit. And Carolina had a couple of dumb penalties. You know, personal foul. I, mean, I think at one point in time, they stopped them on third down. And there was a personal foul after the play, which extended the drive. Um Seattle's not going to do that. Seattle's going to talk trash. <laughs> uh, Richard Sherman, uh, Cam Chancellor, those guys, you know, they talk trash. Uh, Earl Thomas. And, and the one thing I, I like about this secondary is that they bring it, you know, and they bring it every play. That Earl Thomas, 
Crabtree is going to be looking for him. Trust me when I tell you. So if Kaepernick is low on his passes or if the passes are behind him, um, you know, Crabtree, he, he might get alligator arms. Um, but here's my key to the game. I think I think the team that runs the ball the best will win. Because I think, I'm like I said, I'm not sure I need to check the weather to see what the weather's going to be like. But then again, you're talking about Seattle. Um, anything can happen in Seattle as far as weather goes. But I think Seattle's going to be able to run the ball. I don't think Russell Wilson has to come out and throw for 400 yards. Not to say he's incapable of it, because I think he's very capable. But in that offense, he doesn't have to. I think he's going to you know, control the game. He's going to make the throws to Golden Tate. And um, you know, I, I'm not sure if Harvin is playing this weekend or not. Um, but, yeah, man, Seattle's at home, man. I, I like Seattle at home. I like them to win by three. I think this is going to be another game that's probably going to come down to a field goal. Um, special teams are going to be big. Field position is going to be big, especially if the wind and the weather is playing tricks with the ball. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I, I'm not taking I'm not, you know, and don't get me wrong. I, I totally agree with B. San Francisco is hot right now. They are San Francisco and Carolina probably coming into the playoffs were the hottest teams. Um, and you saw what, you know, San Francisco did to Carolina. I just don't see them doing that to Seattle at home. I think Seattle feels like they beat them down in Seattle, and Seattle feels like they escaped with one in San Francisco. So I think trash talk is going to be at a premium. I think it's going to be a lot of hard hitting. I think it's going to be 1980s. I mean, you might. I don't think anybody's going to get over 20 points. I think it's going to be 20 to 17. No. I think it's going to be 20 to 17, battle of field position. Uh, you're going to see a couple of guys going out on stretchers, you know, a couple of guys with concussions. It's, it's going to be a battle. But um, yeah, I'm going against the rest you know, of the crew, man. It's a division, it's a division game. So, yeah, of course, yeah. it's going to be hard hitting. You know, these two these two teams are very familiar with each other. so And they don't like yeah, each other. And they don't like each other. So it's, it's going to be a hard-hitting game. It's, like you said, it's going to be old-school, hitting-you-in-your-mouth type of football. Like the type of football that, like you said, you can get watching. So this is, this is going to be this is going to be, this is going to be interesting. You know, um, Kyle, I, I, you're, man, Earl, Earl Thomas is a beast. I, I, I gained a lot of respect for him, for him um, watching him against New Orleans. But um, they beat New Orleans before the ball even snapped. As soon as as soon as Sherman went over to the sideline and he told he told Jimmy Graham, Drake looking himself, don't come out on this field. Or I'm gonna light you up. <laughs> and, and 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 you know what? He didn't show up. He didn't even want the ball. No, he didn't even want he did. That was Jimmy Graham never, uh on Sunday. I, I never seen Jimmy Graham I'm like, dude, you like one of the most dominant tight ends in the league and you are getting you are looking like you're scared. Like, he, he was scared. Like, he like was, I, was he was my, I was playing my beat trick ones every time when Saints got him. <laughs> because, because Jimmy Graham, boy, he was shook. He was shook. You right, Ken. He, he was shook from the, from, the, from, the, from the kickoff. Jimmy Graham was shook. Yeah, you're not going to do that to San Francisco. As a matter of fact, San Francisco may go, go over to their side first. Right, yeah. You think you think Brian Davis going back down? Nah, I, look, I know I know Colin won't. Colin, Colin to get hit and jump up and talk shit. That's just right. what he's he, crazy. You he's know, a crazy Russell, dude. Right, you know him and Russell Wilson. They already got their little, you know, their right. little, uh, 
you know, competition friendly competition beef going on anyway. So you know, you know, it's, it's about to go down this Sunday. Yeah, black on black crime, man. I'm, it's <laughs> <laughs> That's the headline. Huh? That's the headline. Black on yeah, black crime. Yeah, I, I think it, it's, it's going to be a battle, man. It is going to be. Uh, you know, I, I hate to use the frame, the, the word frame war, but I mean, it's it's gonna be just like that, and, and I mean, it's gonna be guys limping because this is for everything. This is for the right to go to the Super Bowl. This is for the right to go play in whatever kind of nasty weather we're gonna have in New York in two weeks from now. Um, you know, but I think it's, you know, it, it, both teams. I think, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but they kind of mirror each other. You know. Hard-hitting defenses. I think San Francisco is third in total defense, and Seattle's first. Uh, and I think Carolina was like fifth. So I mean, we're seeing we we you know we, we're we're going to see some defensive teams here. Um, and I think you know both coaches. And I think you know it starts from the coaches. The coaches first and foremost. Let's get it straight. The coaches don't like each other. <laughs> so you know, and then. You know, during the off season, Harbaugh made some comments about you know them and Seattle and their you know guys getting caught up with steroids and stuff like that. And you know, and also they don't like each other. I think that the division rivals they don't like each other. They got to play each other twice a year. You know, I think it's going to be great football. I think it's going to be must see TV. Um, I can't wait, man. I, I, I like I love the fact that it's the last game too because I think it's 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 definitely worthy of that. Um, it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a battle. Set, set your DVRs for that one. Trust me. Trust, actually, both games. I, I think as fans, we actually lucked out. It's, you know, just to piggyback off something Ken said earlier, you know, we got the best of both worlds. We got Brady versus Manning in the first game, and then we got two division rival rivals, you know, battling each other for the third time, you know, for a right to go to the Super Bowl. I, you can't ask for much more. I mean, we don't have... You know, it's not San Diego, and, you know, you don't have the Cinderella team in there that wasn't supposed to be there. You know, so I think it makes for, you know, TV ratings, trust me, going to be through the roof this weekend. Um, and, if, and, if, and, if, and if I'm not mistaken, I think I think when we first started, I think our first ratings, I think three of these teams were like our top three teams. I remember us yeah. having like Seattle, San Fran, and Denver like in the top three for the first, you know, I think at the beginning of the football season. So it's like it's all coming in full circle now. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Phone number to call in, 646-478-0356. Again, 646-478-0356. This is Dead End Sports, the place where sports opinions collide. We're talking sports tonight. We're talking football. We're going to jump into a little baseball real quick. Uh, make sure that you pass the word. Tell a, tell a friend to tell a friend that Dead End Sports is on the air again. Um now, I wanted to just jump into the A-Rod situation, the A-Rod case. Um, as many of you know, uh, Alex Rodriguez was suspended by Major League Baseball last year for 211 games. Uh, both A-Rod and the Players Union decided to take the case to arbitration. Uh, independent arbiter heard the case and have has reduced uh, A-Rod's uh, suspension from 211 games to 162 games, which is the full length of a full baseball season, in essence, suspending Alex Rodriguez for the upcoming 2014 season. Um, A-Rod stands to lose $25 million in salary. Um, So my question to you, and I'll start with you first, Ken, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, A-Rod's suspension for baseball? Is it too harsh, too little, or just right? 
Uh, they're making an example a lot of A Rod for whatever reason. I think part of that, um, if, if I if if I have to just um, you know put one out there, is because you know um, I think because he just they feel like he lied, you know, about mm-hmm. the whole thing. But uh, didn't Ryan Braun lie about the same thing, and eventually he got caught? No, mm-hmm. so I, I think it's excessive for me based on what the league has done prior to something like this. You got a guy who's coming forward and saying, hey, these are the things that I've done. Here are the records that I have. And, you know, here's my case. You guys can take it for X number of dollars, you know, um, which is a little shady. And I, I get it, man. That's how people get their information. But it's a, it's a bit of a witch hunt, and I think uh, it's a bit it's a witch hunt, and I'm not exactly sure why it's such a witch hunt, why they're really after A-Rod as hard as they are. And maybe I'm just missing some, some facts here, but they really, 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 really do want this guy. And, and, and Brian, you know, Ryan Braun, by comparison, I think he gets off with the slap on the wrist. You know, and, and like I said before earlier in the show, he hasn't, he hasn't failed a test. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, yeah, you know, uh, they have, you know, at, the guy said, hey, look, I'm good at what I do. Mm-hmm. He's going to pass a test. I have the means and the methods to get and make sure that that happens. So right. but the fact of the matter is this, man, you know, where's the evidence other than what this guy has given you, you know, to convict him? So do I believe he's done some stuff? Yeah, everybody did. It was a party. Everybody was doping up. It was. It was. It was. It was like uh, uh shit. It was like the seventies, man. You know, it was like Woodstock. That's that's exactly what the MLB was. You know, and and they just keep finding guys and just you know, and and it's something about a Rod that they want, and they are just trying to bury this guy. They're trying to put him out the league, and I don't know what it is. I don't know what what they're after. But um, but it's something, man. I, I haven't seen anything like this this hard since Barry Bonds. Mm-hmm. What about you, FIFO? Was, was it too harsh? Was it too little, or just right? Um, you know, essentially it's a twenty-five million dollar fine. Like I, you know, that, that, that's a lot of bad money. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a lot of bad money. Uh, he's not worth it. First and foremost, I just had to get that off my chest. Uh, but Ken, to your point, yes, he never failed a drug test, but he admitted to doping during the times he did pass drug tests. So, okay. what makes All you right. think that cool. he yeah. didn't? Appreciate that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, but I'm just saying. So, what makes you think? You know, that's the reason why they're going after him. That's so it is for for lying so. out of him because okay. because All he's right. been able to get around the system has not technically been caught. You said that you doped during the time that you obviously passed. So why should we believe you now? Especially when you got this guy Anthony Bosch having all of these records and all of this other stuff. He, you know, as slimy as he is, he is a credible, you know, witness because he has account records, text messages. So, you know, that's the reason why they're going and trying to make an example out of A-Rod. They never had this much on Barry Bonds. You know right. what I'm saying? They never caught, you know, Barry Bonds never admitted to it. A-Rod admitted to it. And while he was passing tests. 
Come on, Ken. Stop being so naive. Why are you being so young today? <laughs> so explain it. What about Ryan Braun, though? I feel you about Ryan but he admitted to it. They caught him. He they caught they caught Ryan Braun, right? All right, but he's in the prime of his career. A-Rod has been doing it and duped everybody. Like, A-Rod was that guy. Right. A-Rod so, but let, let's, 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 let's put these two side by side, right? Okay, so Ryan Braun got caught. He lied, and then he had to come forward and say, hey, you know what? You got me. You got me. I did it. <laughs> A-Rod... It's kind of in the same situation where, you know, he said, yeah, no, I didn't. Okay. All right, fine. No, fine. Yeah, no. I, I, I did it. I did it. Uh, I, I hear two guys admitting that they've done it after they have lied before. But you know what? But A-Rod, this, they, is, this is the biggest the difference. But this is the biggest difference. Is As great as a baller as Brian Brown was, or is, you know, uh, let, let, let's see how he is off of doping. Hopefully he is off of doping. Um, he... You, I've never heard Ryan Braun being considered as the greatest or challenging right. the title as one of the greatest ever. A Rod challenged that. That's like LeBron. That's like us finding out right now LeBron has been doping since high school. You see what I'm saying? He's been the only guy to really challenge MJ's title of greatest ever. Will he ever get it? We don't know. He's still writing books. But he's one of the very few that can challenge that. And for him to be cheating this whole time, yes, you're going to be made an example of. Not saying A-Rod was supposed to be, but he mm-hmm. challenged that title. Mm-hmm. That's, man, that's, 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 that's a good point, man. That's a good point. What about you, B? I want to get you in on this, too, before I, before I, <laughs> I throw my two cents in on it. Was it too harsh? Was it too much, or, or, or just enough? Yeah, I think I think it was just enough. Like I like I like Ken said, I think it's good that they make that they're gonna make an example out of you know one of one of it's probably not one of it's the highest paid baseball player ever. So you mm-hmm. know if you if you go about if you go about handling your business that way about you you know with the steroids and everything, and you know you claim you didn't do it and then you you confess on it. Guess what? They gonna make an example out of you. You the highest paid baseball player. You supposed to be. You you were supposed to be the face of the league, getting ready to break all these records and stuff. Right. And now now you you just you just really putting more dirt on the integrity of the game of, of baseball. So make an example out of them. I mean, hey, it is what it is. You made your bed, now lay in it. <sighs> Fellas, uh, I, I'm I'm gonna um my my <laughs> take on it, man, is. It's tough for me because you guys know I'm, I'm a Yankees fan, man. So I'm right, and I, I actually like a Rod. I actually like him. Um, he's not my favorite Yankee. Jeter's my favorite Yankee, but I actually like the guy. Um, I think I'm kind of indifferent. I, I think the suspension was. I think the suspension was harsh when you only when you consider the fact that you don't have a positive test, because by theory, if you had a positive test, he's supposed to get 50 games. That's what you're supposed to get for the, you know, your first positive test or what have you. Um, he admitted, though. But, yeah, he, he admitted back in 09, you know, to doing that. So if you if you want to say, okay, well, we'll give him 80 games or what have you. Um, 
But I think part of the issue that I have with A Rod is just just as a fan of, of the Yankees is, you know, I'm not sure how you can be so dumb, you know, because you got to look at the you got to look at the and, and I know A Rod's not. I mean, it's just like anything else. Anybody who gets caught, they don't think when they're cheating, they're not thinking about getting caught. They just think no. about cheating, and no. you know, they you know, getting caught never occurs to them until they get caught. Um. That being said, I think if you're A-Rod, you have to be a little bit smarter because, you know, Bud Seeley couldn't get nothing on Clemens, couldn't get nothing on Bonds. I mean, every time they <laughs> every time they tried to pinch Bonds on something, Bonds', Bonds man, his trainer would, you know, he, he took the fall. He went to jail for him. Yeah. And, you know, Bonds was still, you know, of course, Bonds was probably paying him, but that dude, he, he did a bid for Bonds. And Bonds never sat, you know, a day in jail, you know, and Bonds is, you know, you can say what you want, but I think even without steroids, I think Bonds probably was top ten, maybe top five baseball players of all time without steroids. Now, I'm not a doctor. I can't tell you what steroids would do or uh, testosterone levels, what it's going to do for your body or your ability to hit a baseball. Because I think at the end of the day, you still got to be able to put a bat on the ball. Um, that being said, I think Alex Rodriguez was dumb for putting himself in that kind of position because, you know, he couldn't, Sealy couldn't get Bonds, he couldn't get Clemens, but he got your ass. You know what I'm saying? So now, <laughs> right. they really going to nail you to the to the wall because, you know, and this is Bud Sealy's swan song. This is his last year as commissioner of Major League Baseball. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so he can hang his hat on that. He, he, he can hang his hat on. I got I got the big fish. I got Alex Rodriguez, and you know Anthony Bosch, the guy who ran the Biogenesis Clinic. You know he said he injected a Rod, and you know they paid for his testimony, and, and Major League Baseball is paying for his legal fees and everything like that. And you know he basically <clears throat> snitched. Um, you know, and he's not the most credible guy, but you know you have to believe at least some of what he says. So, I, you know, I, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle. I don't think it, I think it was harsh, but I think at the end of the day, it's like B said, dude, you put yourself in this situation. And, and I'm, I hate to see athletes go down, but at the same time, when you put yourself in the line of fire, you can't get it. You can't get upset with people for shooting you when you give them the gun and the bullet. Right. And that's and what A-Rod enough. did. You know, you yeah. just got, you know, at some point, and, and see, A-Rod has, he's told, <laughs> He's almost like OJ now. He's told his lie for so long, like he believes it. You know, so <laughs> he's going to take this to the grave. You, you, you're never going to get an admission from him. <laughs> Excuse me, you know, he's not going to say, okay, well, hey, I did it. I didn't know what I was putting in my body. He's not going to say it. He's, he's going to take this to the grave. And, yep. you know, what comes with that is just the scrutiny of, you know, the steroid era. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate because, you know, but now, and on the flip side of it, my Yankees get some salary cap relief. That's $25 million that they don't have to deal, you know, have to pay out to him that they could pay to somebody else or pay to, you know, mm-hmm. a couple other players. Um, you know, but we, we're definitely going to miss him. I mean, I, I hate not having him out there, but at the end of the day, man, you, you put yourself in that situation. It's hard for me to feel sorry for somebody who, you know, feels like they have to go to those measures because he's he was already a great player without all that stuff, you know. Yep. But you know, if you want to put yourself in that kind of situation, man, I, I don't feel sorry for you. I, I'm I'm definitely not gonna feel sorry for you losing out on twenty five million because 
you know, and and he's fighting it now in court, and you know he could spend another ten, fifteen million in in court, and just in, in in his lawyer fees, fighting it, you know, just to get back on the field. So I, it remains to see what happens. You know, the odds don't look good for him as far as trying to go to federal court because basically, in a nutshell, and I'll end with this: what Major League Baseball and the arbitrator agreed to, they said, okay, well. A-Rod said they, they, they said they were going to get an independent arbitrator. That person's word was supposed to be final. And so once they come with the final word and say, okay, we give you 162 games, you can't say, oh, well, the process is flawed. Okay, I want somebody else to, you know, say, you know Major, League didn't, Major League Baseball didn't defend me well. So, you know, you got to take your L at this point. I don't blame look, them for look. trying to fight it. Go ahead, Ken. No, no, I, I, yeah, I mean, I'll, look, I'm fighting it too. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I think, you know, that relief is, is you know, for the Yankees, everybody wants, of course, the MLB wants the Yankees to get back to where they are, and they know that if if A Rod is on on the books, they can't spend that money. So, you know, by doing it this way, like you just said, they get that cap relief so they can go find somebody to return to the glory that the MLB need the Yankees to be at to make money. Um, but but here's the thing, and, and you're absolutely right. A. Rod's biggest problem, his first mistake was admitting it. Look, mm-hmm. if you if I, if I haven't passed the test, I don't know how you guys may think about me after I say this, but I'm taking mine to the grave. <laughs> I, I, I'm taking it to the grave. You got to catch me. Look, I can be caught. With, look, you can catch me with a positive test, and I'll tell I'll tell you that thing is flawed. You 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 a little dirty something, can? <laughs> but the hey, point man. is that A. Rod wasn't caught. He wasn't. He's almost like Lance Armstrong, like what he did. Right. Lance denied that thing as far as he could, yeah, and he I could, yep. you know, yep. <laughs> and A. Rod should have done that, you know, for himself because he's turning forty. At some point, he was going to be out of the league, so he should have tried to stretch it out. As far as he could, but I think what A. Rod wanted to do, and, I, and, I, and this is totally conjecture, but I think he said he said, you know what? And maybe they offered a deal and say, look, man, just just look, admit it, we'll give you, you know, this, and then you, you know we can go ahead and get back to business, blah 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 blah. So he was like, all right, look, I'm gonna go ahead and you know come forward, and you know, and this is what I did, give me my 50 games, and I'll be back. And they were like, uh uh-uh. uh. And A. Rod is saying that. That Selig has like this vendetta against him. I don't know. I'm not into all that. As as mm-hmm. he say, she say. You know, you just mad because he out the league. Um, but this is very harsh for a guy that has not failed a test, and you're only going with documents that some guy is bringing to you. And you, this none of this has been proven in the court of law, if I'm not mistaken. And and, and that just kind of bothers me, man. That they have just basically want they have just they did this to get rid of him, and and, also, yeah. and they've done definitely. it definitely, definitely. You know what? You know, so I'm not advocating what he's done. I'm not advocating drug use. I'm not none of that. All of that stuff is is totally wrong. But this process, the means and the methods by where they got to where they got to, it just doesn't seem right for a man like you said, Kyle. That hasn't failed it that hasn't been that doesn't have a dirty test it's not right yeah man. and that's the thing now and now you know people on the flip side will say well Bosch is you know some type of uh, uh, drug mastermind and he's 
he's making, you know, he's prescribing cocktails and stuff that's way ahead of Because, I mean, think about it. There's always a, a way around a drug test. And, um, you know, he was probably, and, you know, if you, I don't know if you guys got a chance to see the 60 Minutes piece uh, on Sunday night. I did. Um, and he basically told, you know, he had him on a regimen and a schedule. And of the 20 guys that were busted in the biogenesis um, situation in the scandal, on the, the three that got caught, they got caught because they got off the program. Um, it's very regimented and very detailed. And, and, you know, he was you know specific about dates and times and when Alex was supposed to use and not use and things of that nature. So, um, but no, nah, I'm like, much like you can, as much as I like him, much as I, you know, want to see him on my Yankees, um, I'm done. You know, I, you, he's done. <laughs> you know, he won't yeah. ever play another game in a Yankees uniform. You know, even if they said, uh, you know, even if they told him he could come to spring training or what have you, um, you know, they, they don't want to deal with it. Uh, he, you know, rubbed management the wrong way. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate, but that's what it is right now. And, you know, he's made the bed, so he's got to lie in it. Um, mentioned earlier about the steroid era. Now, last week uh, we saw three players go into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, Frank Thomas, uh, Slugger from uh, Chicago, uh, and, and the, uh, the pitchers, uh, Tom Glavin and Greg Maddox, uh, both played here in Atlanta. Um, so the question I wanted to throw out to you guys, do you think baseball players from the steroid era, the quote-unquote steroid era, should be allowed into the Baseball Hall of Fame? I'll start with you first, Pete. Think players from the "quote unquote" steroid era should be allowed in, into the Baseball Hall of Fame? Uh, like yeah, like the Barry Bonds and all them. I the mean, Barry Bonds, the Sammy Sosa's, Mark, Mark McGuire's, McGuire's, those guys. Oh man, that's a good question. Uh, God, that's a good one. I mean, because it's like if you let one in, you might want to let the rest of them in. But um. I mean, this is my thing with this steroid, this whole steroid baseball thing. For me, and see, I played baseball before, so, you know, I, I just don't understand how steroids got to do with hand and eye coordination. Because that's right. all really good, that's all good baseball, good batting is really coming down to is good hand and eye coordination. I mean, because if you hit the ball the right way, no matter really how strong you are, it's still going to, it's still going to fly, it's, it's still going to go. I mean, yeah, maybe the strength might play a little bit of factor, but... I don't, I don't see how steroids can improve your hand and eye coordination, man. That, that takes skills, man. That, like, steroids don't got nothing to do with that. So, go ahead and let Barry Bonds and the man, man. Let Barry Bonds come in. Maybe, maybe for pitchers I can probably see, because maybe it might build their stamina up where they won't get as tired. So, I can, mm-hmm. I can probably does. understand. A, yeah, you know, from a pitcher standpoint, I can understand why steroids would be such a big issue. But, like, if you're just a freaking hitter and you just take some steroids to look buff, I mean... But you know you can still strike out fifty million times if you don't got good hand and eye coordination. Now I mean I'm just I'm just speaking from someone who played baseball, so mm-hmm. you know I don't let him in. Shit, I just say and B, B. But you know what though? Like you, you, you right as a hitter, ste- no steroids does a it's a big impact on a hitter, and I I 100% agree it does not improve your hand eye coordination. But just like Kyle said. Barry Bonds was top five without it. He didn't need it. You know what I'm saying? No, he didn't. He's a top five considered player. But what it does for you, you're right. Number one is the power. Number two is the bat speed. You also have, you have to consider, like, when these pitches are coming, if you can switch your hits and get that bat around your waist quicker, 
you have a better shot of hitting that ball, and now you have more power. You see what I'm saying? Like, for me, like, when I look at Barry Bonds, like, like when you look at all of these steroid guys, I think you almost have to look at before the spike. Because in all of them, they spiked. You, mm-hmm. Come on, man. Don't, don't nobody career average 40, 40 some home runs a year, and all of a sudden you just rip off 60. Okay, one year yeah. it happened. I right, cool. For 60, 70. Like, come on, man. Come on. Come on. Come on. You know, so I, I don't know. I, I don't. I think Barry Bonds should make it because I think he was great before the steroids. I don't think he needed it. You know, I, I think Sammy needed it. You know, I think Mark McGuire uh, needed it. So I don't know. You know, and, and B had another great point. If you let one in, you got to let them all in. That's true. So I, I don't know, man. Um, I, I don't know if they should. I think some of them deserve it. But you cheated. So I don't think you should reward cheaters. Okay, okay. What about you, Ken? Let them all in, man. Um, <laughs> and and, and, and here, here's, here's why I say that. If you look at that era, they all played. If they all were juicing, then it's all even because <laughs> everybody's right. on it. <laughs> you know, hey, the Sosa's taking it. Mark McGuire's taking it. And, and Roger Clemens taking it because he needs to get them out. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, exactly. you know, I, I think that, you know, um, I think they should just go ahead and let them in. It's part of the era. It's part of baseball's legacy now. It's a negative part. It's a dark cloud. But let's face facts here. They made a lot of money off of it. And and at any given moment now with YouTube, we can go back and look at some of these great moments um, and, and relive them. You know, you you guys made a great case for Barry Bonds, and and Barry Bonds, you know, is is probably my favorite baseball player of all time, man. And this this guy was just uh, he was just a threat. You're talking about about a guy that was so lethal they will walk him with the bases loaded. Yes, like, <laughs> yes. I, I've seen this happen, and if you watch baseball, you've seen this happen. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm sitting there, why? I'm like, what are you guys? You guys, they were walking with the bases loaded, dog. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. They would hey, give hey, up hey, one hey, run instead of hey, four. We'd rather give up one right. than four. <laughs> yeah, they was like, uh, uh-uh. uh, you ain't about to hit this grand slam on our bitch ass. Yeah. So and and so yeah, man, and 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 back to um, the power. If you look at Barry Bonds' stats, and I just pulled it up, in 1992, that was the first time he hit 34 home runs. He 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 had one spike, and that was the record season. So, people, and I think you said that. I think I think if you you know you hit in 40, you know consistently or whatever, and then all of a sudden, bam, you jump up to 60, and then you jump up. Maybe just maybe you just had a record year. So, from 1992, let me read off the home runs to you. 34 92, 46, 37, 33, 42, 40, 37, 34, 49. Then in 2001, we have 73. Maybe he was just locked in. And then he came back down to 46, 45, 45. And then, of course, you know, he was at the tail end of his career. So, you know, if you look at that, man, the guy consistently hit anywhere from 34 to to 40 home runs throughout his entire career. And he just may have had one of the, what they call that career year. We've seen, it's an anomaly in baseball. It happens all the time. So I think they should let them all in because it's just a part of their era. 
And that's just the way we would have to frame it and put it in context and just let that so, be that. So do they deserve, I think, and I don't, I don't wholeheartedly disagree with that, but then they have to have an asterisk. Like, they have to be distinguished. Because you are great. Barry Bonds, you are great. And it's unfortunate you played in that era. It's unfortunate that we have to ask all of these questions because the integrity in sports should never be broken. You see what I'm saying? Because it's supposed to be man versus man. It's the most primal thing. But we created different arenas and to compete. So I think when, when, when you start taking things that did not come from your genetics, Mm-hmm. You have, and I know people are, are always going to say uh, a creatine protein. That's different. That that, that, that that's <laughs> right. Different. Yeah, no doubt. That's tough. that that's way different. But we talking about way injections different. of hormones and testosterone. Come on, man. I I, I just I, I can't put them in the same exact Hall of Fame breath. You have to have that asterisk. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I, I hated the asterisk thing because they really only wanted to apply it to Barry Bonds because nobody liked the guy. So I, I, I thought that there was, it was just a personal thing against him. Um, I'm, I'm not in disagreement with it now because there are so many people right. that have been caught now. So I think it applies across the board. Look, when they, when Roger Clemens, when they got him. <laughs> One of the greatest pitchers of all time, if you ask anybody before he got caught, mm-hmm. and they, they jumped on his ass, I was like, okay, now maybe you guys are, are you know, a, a little bit fair and biased because, you know, they love, like, Roger Clemens was money. You know what I'm saying? He was money for the major league. You put him on, man, and, and oh, you yeah. want to see what the Rocket does, especially when he started playing for the Yankees. Oh my God! They ate off of him. But I want to I want to point this out real quick because I I, I read off um, Barry Bonds' stats and I want to do something about comparison. Check this out. Go ahead. In 1997, Sammy Sosa no 96 Sosa hit 40 home runs and in 97 he hit 36. Right. In 98 he hit 66. In 99 he hit 63. And then in 2000 he hit 50. And then in 2001, he hit 64. That's a hell of a spike that's consistent throughout, you know, years, a multitude of years. And even even in 2002, he hit 49. That's a considerable jump that lasted a period. Um, Barry Bonds had that one huge spike on that one year, right? So Mark McGuire in, in 1987 hit damn near 50 home runs. That was like his second year in the league. So... Shit, we don't know where he started. <laughs> but uh, but after that, he was consistently around 30-something, you know. Um, and then in 96, he had 52. Then he went to 58. Then he – here's where I think when you look at him, you're like, okay, now we're a little suspicious because he dropped off in 97 to 34. And uh, I think – Yeah, he, he got he, traded. He did oh, yeah. that year, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, never mind. They split it up. So, nah, he, yeah. Yeah, around 96, he started to average about 50 home runs, and then he had the 70 – 70 home run spike and then the 65 the year after that so I think we can kind of see what happened with him as well because prior to then you know his home runs were a little bit average so you know we could argue that in 1987 that 49 was his career year and after that leading up to 1996 he was averaging around 40 which was you know kind of you know the means for him 
but then, you know, there's these spikes. So if you look at them, you know, if you look at the data, then, you know, I'm a numbers guy. I like to look at the data. I, and when I know baseball has those career years, then, you know, you can, you can probably argue that Barry Bonds just may have had a career year. <laughs> but, again, <laughs> the point of the, the – my quest, my answer is yes. I think they all should be allowed. I don't think we know who was doing what, even those that were not caught. We we just don't know. But we know that there were a lot that were Raphael Palmero, you know, mm-hmm. he, he shit. He he looked he looked them dead in the eye. <laughs> he cut them all out. Yes he did. And then yes, got caught. He did. <laughs> yeah, I, man, I, you 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 have you got some great stats there, man. I I think it's um I I think I think the the issue that I have with baseball is is that they knew that everybody was doing it. I mean, hell, baseball even had a campaign, Chicks Dig the Long Ball. And <laughs> after the strike, I think in 94, you know, fans, a lot of fans were pissed off. They had, they had gone away from the games. They, you know, the attendance was down. And, you know, when everybody, when these guys started getting on the roids and stuff, and, and, and everybody knew it. I mean, because... And, and like you said, Ken, you could say, okay, well, Bonds had a, you know, he had a career year. He had a career year, but he also, he also went from, you know, he was relatively, I don't want to call him skinny. He was very slim, but, you know, he went from, you know, from that to looking like, you know, the black Hulk Hogan, you know. Yeah, he did. <laughs> so, you know, so you, you, he couldn't pass the eye test. Same, same with Sammy. Sammy Sosa was, he was skinny when he came into the Major League Baseball. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, he, he's, he gets bigger, and he's, you know, he's getting these. I mean, Sammy Sosa was like 35 years old. He had a whole bunch of acne on his face. I mean, when the last time you seen a 35-year-old man with a bunch of acne on his face? You know, that's that's byproduct of using steroids. Um, but that being said, I think baseball, they knew what was going on, and everybody just kind of turned a blind eye. You know, they, they let it go, and, and they were okay with it. So my thing is, from the steroid era, if you if you're – if your numbers are good enough for you to get in, let them in. If you want to put an asterisk, if you want to put them in a certain part of the Hall of Fame, that's fine. But I don't think that they should be penalized when baseball knew. Bud Selig and everybody else, everybody and their mama knew. I mean, it was probably, and, and you know who started all of this, who started all of the conversation? Jose Canseco. He wrote a book, mm-hmm. <laughs> and in the book he said, you know, 60% of the league was on the juice, and people scoffed at him and, and said they, you know, that he was, he was, you know, they 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 said he was a pariah and that yeah. he was, you know, that he was a fool and he was making this stuff up, and he turned out to be, and at that at that point when he said 60%, he might have been on the on the low side. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I think I think you should put it if they if they are worthy. Put him in the Hall of Fame because you can't deny what Bonds did. I mean, you just can't. Regardless of whether or not you say, okay, he was on steroids, you can't deny that. I mean, he still hit 73 home runs in a season. I Like B said, I don't know how much. Yeah, steroids probably could make the difference between you hitting a 350-foot uh, home run and a 500-foot home run. You know, but it's still a home run. It's still a home run, and you know, but Barry Bonds also. I mean, the the year that he hit seventy three, they also walked him over one hundred twenty five times. You know, but using your logic, but using your logic, a two hundred and let's say ninety foot, you know, uh, um, uh, um, 
a three a, a three hit run, mm-hmm. while steroids would be a home run. True, true indeed. And and, and I see where you're going, people. I, and I'm not I'm not saying that it's not possible. I think the issue that I have with it all, like I said, is that baseball turned its head, and baseball said it was okay. You know, by turning its head, they said it was okay. And they knew that everybody was juicing, and they just kind of let it go. And now everybody wants to play, you know, at least from that particular era, they want to play, you know, the moral police all of a sudden. No, let them in. Bonds, Clemens, let them in. Um, You know, now these guys that came after that, after you instituted your policy, if you want to jam A-Rod and and guys like that up, okay, Ryan Braun, if you want to jam those guys up, I, I don't have a problem with that because... You know, you you said okay, we have a drug policy in place going forward, but at that particular time, they had nothing. I mean, the drug <laughs> excuse me, the drug policy that at that particular time was it was a joke. So I'm all for it, man. Put them in, <laughs> put them in, let them go. Um, <laughs> we got about 15 more minutes left. Six four six four seven eight zero three five six is the number to call. You're listening live to Dead End Sports. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, want to jump to the uh, college ranks? Uh, we had a couple of college coaches get jobs over the weekend. Um, Franklin, James Franklin at Penn State, and uh, Charlie Strong at uh, at Texas. So the question I have for you guys is: uh, <coughs> Excuse me. Um, battle a little cold here. Um, I'll start with you first, Ken. How do you think these guys are going to fare? Uh, James Franklin at Penn State and uh, Charlie Strong at Texas. Uh, I don't know much about about James uh, James Franklin. I have to do a little bit. I, I've heard the story and I'm and I'm listening to what people are saying. I have to do a little bit of research to form a a, a good opinion on that. But but Charlie Strong though, I, I I think he's going to kill it, man. I think you know he's in a big program that has a lot of money <clears> to spend, and um and and it's all about football in Texas. And what he was able to do in Louisville, I think he should be able to do ten times more in, in Texas. And um, obviously, the guy can recruit because he, he he pulls some elite talent to Louisville. So um, I, I think he's gonna, he will definitely have a phenomenal year um, and a couple of years actually. And, uh, and 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 all truthfulness, I hope he does because <laughs> you know he can open up doors for a lot of people, and um, and we need him. We meaning African Americans, and I, I don't want to turn this into a race thing, but we all know that African Americans are having issues getting jobs at the NFL and and college ranks, and he, you know him being successful can go a long way in proving that we can do the job if given the opportunity. So um, I'm pulling for him, uh, and and um, you know I, it's all. Go go Longhorns, man! <laughs> you know, <next> year. <laughs> yeah, James Franklin. Uh, he he was uh, he was at uh, Vanderbilt. Um, very good coach, very good recruiter. Um, he also is African American as well. And um, you know, and, and much like you can, I, we don't have to necessarily turn this into a race thing. But I, those two coaches stand out because these are two you know major programs, um, Penn State and Texas, and uh, you know. Charlie Strong becomes now the uh, the what is he the first he is now the and, and speaking of African American he is now the first African American head coach at any sport at Texas because prior to prior to Charlie Strong taking that job they had no African American head coaches 
on any of their major sports on campus. That's what's up. Ever. So, you know, that's that's big. Um, of course, you know, the uh, there was some controversy that came out not long after that. Uh, booster billionaire uh, Red McCombs, uh, he made some statements about, you know, he – he was opposed to Charlie Strong. He didn't, you know, mention race or anything like that, but he said he thought that, you know, Charlie Strong was could be a good coordinator. He just didn't think he was the guy for Texas. Um, you know, a lot of people took that as, you know, being racist. And, you know, obviously he had to come out the next day and make a statement saying that he's not racist and blah, 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 blah. Um, but I think, you know, I think Franklin and, 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 uh, and Strong, I think they, you know, they have two great jobs. I think, um, Bill O'Brien did a great job at uh, at Penn State prior to taking the, the tech. He just took the Texans job a couple of weeks ago, um, but um, but no, they those, those guys. Uh, I, I think they I think they'll do well. I think they'll do well. And like you said, Ken, football is huge in Texas. Um, what, what's your take on it, people? Um, honestly, you know I don't know the the, the, the strong guy. You know I, I don't. Really... You know, I really watch college sports like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, you know, the, the what's the dude's name that, that, that's from Vanderbilt? He's going to Penn State? James Franklin. Franklin. I know that there's a backstory in Vanderbilt, and I thought it was kind of interesting for Penn State to really go after a guy that's facing something, you know, at Vanderbilt right now. Um, you know, and I understand that, you know, football first, but after the Sandusky stuff, man, I don't, you know, anybody would even like part of a question mark. I, I, I don't, I don't know if that's a good hire right now. Okay. Well, Franklin, um, Franklin's record, his record was clean. I think he had, there were some players that on his team that got into some trouble, um, and they subsequently got kicked off the team. But, I mean, you could say, you could make a case and say, well, you know, that's just about every college football team nowadays. But the you know, thing is, in trouble. yeah, but the thing is, is that they, uh, the rumor is, is that Franklin had those, had some students and football players erase some of the footage. Okay. Oh, wow, so I didn't even hear that. Yeah, so so that's that's what he might be in hot water for. So that's what I'm saying. If anybody that has even you know a, a slight question mark, I don't know if Penn State should be you know looking into that because that that you know that's that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, that's true. And and considering what Penn State went through or and still is going through. You know, with the Joe Paterno scandal and, uh, well, not Joe Paterno, but the Sandusky scandal and the fallout from Joe Paterno and uh, Joe's subsequent death and, you know, reduction in scholarships and things of that nature. So uh, you you definitely want to be careful moving forward with anybody, um, no matter what. And I'm pretty sure they did. I'm I'm hoping they they did their due diligence um, when it comes to their their search. Um, What's your take on it, B? Um, I mean, I'm I'm like with Kendall. I'm I'm like that's great that he, uh, uh, you know, we got an African American coach coach in Texas. So I thought that was a, a big a big uh, hire for Texas. I hope they I hope he'd be successful in Texas. Actually, you know, the other one, yeah, I'm not really too familiar with the other the other hire. Who was that at Vanderbilt? Yeah, he was a, he was coaching at yeah, Vanderbilt. Was, now he's at Penn State. Yeah, I wasn't really too familiar with that with that one because I, mean, I don't I don't really follow Vanderbilt football that, like that much. I mean, maybe Penn State because, you know, I watch Big Ten football as well, but, 
Yeah, that one caught me off. I didn't know nothing about that one, but yeah, the, the Texas, the Texas coach, I was, I was like, hell yeah, because I, I was just like you, I was like, I think that's the first African American, you know, coach for that school. So, you know, anything historical like that, I'm always kind of, you know, like, oh, I hope he, hope he has successful years to come, and and I'd like, and like, you know, like I think either you or Ken said, like I think he's gonna, he's gonna do a good job recruiting. He's, he's gonna get the recruiting done out there down there in Texas. I mean. You, you you got no choice. You in Texas, so the football town down there is like humongous. So I'm pretty sure he'll do well. He'll do. He did a good job in Louisville, so he'll do well. And 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 let me say this, man. And I'll, I'll be quick because I see we only have five minutes left. Go ahead, go ahead. What 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 uh what, what what's that guy that boosted the name Red Red McComb? Red McCombs. Red McCombs. Yeah, Red McCombs. Man, yeah. that guy, that guy's statements <laughs> were so disrespectful. It was. So you, you're talking about a guy that was a head coach at a Division One program that went that that only lost one game and he turned that program around. And you're gonna have the nerve to say he, he he'll make a good offensive coordinator, <laughs> right? Mm, yeah, Come on, man. But anyway, you know, that, yeah. it's, it's you know, I know, I know, Ken. I know, I know. Ken. And you, and you I, know I, what? I'm, and I'm what, what a lot, of, and what I think Red McCombs probably didn't realize was prior to him taking the job in Louisville. Charlie Strong was uh, the defensive coordinator at Florida for about, I think, like 10 years. And, you know, he, you know, his resume speaks for itself, like I said, at Florida. And he recruited a lot of those kids that came to Florida and went pro. Uh, He's really, really good at at getting kids from Miami to come to Florida. Um, And, you know, so seeing those kids that came through and he was there in the heyday with, you know, Urban Meyer and, and, um, and uh, not with Spurrier, but he was definitely there with Meyer and you know some of the subsequent coaches that they had after after Spurrier. But um, no, Charlie Strong is good. He he is good and he's good at what he does. You know, he he's more than a coordinator. I thought that was kind of crazy. Um, you know, another interesting tidbit I found out today. Speaking of African American coaches, uh, you guys know that Jim Caldwell took the uh, head coaching job at uh, uh, for the Detroit Lions. Um, yes. In taking that job. Caldwell and the general manager, uh, Martin Mayhew, uh, become the first African-American head coach and GM on an NFL team. I didn't know that. Uh, I didn't okay. know that either. Yeah. I, didn't so know that I either. found out that just on Twitter today, we were just tweeting back and forth with uh, one of my boys is from Detroit. He uh, he asked the question, and I, I had to look it up myself because I knew the GM was a, was a brother, but I didn't know um, – you know, I, I never made a correlation when they hired uh, Caldwell, but um, Caldwell uh, obviously comes from um, the coach, you know, after Tony Dungy for the uh, Indianapolis Colts and spent the last couple of seasons with the uh, uh, Ravens. Raven. Yeah, Ravens. So he won a ring with the Ravens as well. So uh, good luck to him. Um, let's see, we got about, oh, man, we only got <laughs> two minutes left in the show. Um I want to thank everybody for tuning in once again. Uh, make sure that you pass the word. Check out our website, deadendsports.com. We put up articles on there every day. Um, hit us up on Twitter, at deadendsports. You can follow each and every one of us on here. Uh, you can follow Ken at K-B-I-N-G-E. Uh, follow FIFO at FIFO, F-E-E-F-O, 247. You can follow B at, uh, at B-E-E-Z-Y, 430. You can follow me at 12Kyle, the number one, two, K-Y-L-E. I want to thank everybody for chiming in in the chat room, uh, everybody who answered the questions on Facebook as well as Twitter. Definitely appreciate it. 
Um, make sure you pass the word. Pass the word. This is the best show on the internet right now. Best sports show. This is the place where sports opinions collide. Uh, make sure that you come back next week. Of course, we're gonna be we're gonna be talking about the Super Bowl. Uh, we're gonna talk about this past weekend or, or this, excuse me, this coming weekend's games. Um, definitely gonna get in some NBA talk uh, and anything else else that happened in sports. Um, like I said, once again, I gotta thank you all for tuning in as you do each and every week. Uh, so for Ken, for B, and FIFO, I'm your host, 12 Kyle. Well, I'll let you guys next week. Peace. 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 Peace out.